Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. We've had a, a lot of incredible testimonies this week and a lot of financial provision, a lot of financial breakthrough for people. I was really excited. Uh, you know, we were, I couldn't keep up with it all, actually. There were so many testimonies. Like every day, there was testimonies coming in of God's provision and breakthrough in people's lives. And uh, I'm excited about that. How many of you love to receive all that God has, every blessing? I want everything, every spiritual blessing that He has available. It has been made available, and I want to receive all that He has. Um, you know, a couple of things we have had uh, this week, even just us personally here at the church, uh, one in particular, one blessing this week, we had uh, my my air conditioner in my office went out. We have a unit up on our roof that uh, the air, and how many of you know this was not the week to have no air, <laughs> especially in an office that is full of windows. I, I have my, the back wall of my office is all windows, and so it was quite toasty in my office, to say the least, and uh, anyway, so we called one of the guys, Brad Marks, uh, does air conditioner work, we called Brad and said, hey Brad, we have a slight dilemma, can you come take a look at this, and uh, he was like, yeah, it's dead, <laughs> it's gone, uh, it's ready, it's moved into the uh, afterlife, it's gone, you need a new one, I'm like, great, and so I was really excited about that, and how many of you know the air conditioner units are not cheap? And so the first thing in my mind is, okay, how much is this, how much is this going to cost us, right? And uh, he said, well, you know, he said, I've got, he said, I've got good news for you. I just did a job this week and took out the same size air conditioner off someone's house. It's in great condition. They just needed a bigger unit, so we'll just bring that unit over and replace yours, and uh, we'll take care of it. So thank you, Lord. So we didn't have to, so we didn't have to pay for a new air conditioner, which is great. And, uh, you know, we had... Carol was sharing about how, you know, all of the debacles she had gone through on Facebook. She posted about how God provided and all of her uh, medical costs and all the things she went through ended up getting paid this week. And uh, unexpected checks. It's awesome. So we just, the reason I say that is because I don't want us to take for granted the blessing of the Lord. And uh, I, I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm not one of those that's going to say you need to give me $1,000 and God's going to cancel your mortgage uh, payment. He's going to pay your mortgage. You know how many? I'd like that. I'd sign up for that, right? And uh, I'm not one of those kind of preachers, but I do believe in the blessing of the Lord. And uh, we've been praying for that. And I'm excited that God is blessing our church. It's awesome. If you have your Bibles, you can go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to start there today. In just a moment, but before we do, I'm going to embarrass my wife because it's Mother's Day, and uh, I it's one time a year that I can embarrass her and not get hit or uh, abused for doing so. So um, I'm going to ask my wife to come up, and you know she come on up. <laughs> Your flower. We're figuring out this boutonniere or not boutonniere. What do you call those things? Corsage things. It's it's hard to do in church. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I want to honor my wife this morning. She is, you know, she said it this morning. 
she is the, the mother, in, all, in a lot of ways, is the mother of our church. And uh, she's responsible for, for nurturing and caring for the ladies of the church. And she's our women's pastor. She oversees our children's ministry and the things that kind of go on in the children's ministry, which we have some great news coming up next week about children's ministry. So make sure you're here next week. But, uh, you know, she is, she is a great uh, mom. And so I just want to honor her. So I'm not good at doing things spontaneously, so I had to write this down. Um, <laughs> so forgive me for having to read this, but I still remember the first day that we met. I remember that in New Orleans um, when I first met you. I remember what we talked about, the way you walked, the clothes that you had on. I remember the day when we were, we were supposed to be married, when we knew that we were supposed to be married. She was in Africa and I was in the States. And we both heard from God at the same time. I remember the day that you said yes under the Eiffel Tower in Paris. That was a, that was a great missions trip. <laughs> I'll never forget that missions trip. And I remember the day that you said I do at Broad Street in, in Canal in New Orleans. I remember the day that you told me we were going to be parents. And I laughed for 20 minutes. <laughs> Um, I remember the day that when Zoe was born and the night that uh, we had a lot to endure that night. It was a rough evening, but God blessed us and it was a, we have a great child. And I remember the day when we decided to follow God across the country and ended up in Akron, Ohio, uh, from, you know, all the way from New Orleans to Akron. But more than all these things, I think about how you love your sheep as a pastor Think about how you've loved the hurting and the broken at the point of their need. Uh, you know, I was thinking specifically when I wrote that, I thought about um, one of the ladies in New Orleans that had come to the church. She was a young adult. She was a, a stripper and a prostitute in, in New Orleans. And you brought her in the house and you loved on her. And, you know, we weren't sure what happened to her after that. But then we saw in the paper that she was out witnessing and preaching Christ, uh, got arrested for preaching Christ even. It was awesome. Um, I think about how you've labored in prayer and stood steadfast for those that you've ministered to, even when they persecute you and despitefully use you. Um, I think about how you pray over our daughter and you teach her the word and you teach her how to pray and, then how, about, and, and how you love your family. And so I just want to honor you as mother, our, my, my child's mother, but also our <laughs> church's mother. And thank you for all you do. Now, I am not a public speaker, so that kind of, those kind of things make me really nervous, and I have to, I really do have to read. <laughs> I know you're all thinking, you're not a public speaker, you do this every week. I don't like public speaking, it's, it has to be God. So, I have a video, let's watch that. Right there's the heartbeat. <laughs> do you have any kids? Three, actually. Wow. That sounds crazy. <sighs> crazy? In the best way possible. <laughs> so what's it like being a mom?
Mom. I ain't feeling too good. Oh, no. It's okay, sugar bear. Let's just go in there. Sorry, Mom. Oh, it's okay, sweetie. Next time, we'll just run to the... Washer. Why are you watching me sleep? Because you're my baby boy and I love you. It's still creepy, Mom. Grounded for the rest of your life, yes. Yes, it does. So in the future, you and I can just refer to it as the monthly visitor. so stupid. Uh, what did you just say to my son? What? My son is not stupid. My son is smart. He was formed by God's hands. He was dreamed up by his heart. And he was placed in this world with a purpose. You, my son, could never be stupid. Mom would never do something like that. She's way too predictable. I know, right? <laughs> How's that for predictable? Nostradamus. Summer's gonna go by so fast, and, and we still have to pick out my dorm room furniture. Slow down. What? Maybe I'm not ready to let you go yet. Mom. Yes, Mom. That's who I am. Is it so bad that I just wanna take care of you forever? You already have. Everything you've done for me, everything you've taught me, I'll take it with me wherever I go. 
You have taken care of me for life. So what's it like being a mom? How much time you got? I would encourage you not to get in a food fight today at lunch. <laughs> Mothers, if you want to be spontaneous, that's probably not the best way to do it today. Today I want to endeavor to honor motherhood and this way try to glorify Christ who designed it, who created it, and blessed it in his incarnation. Mary's womb, we know that Jesus blessed motherhood. And then even on the cross as he was dying, Jesus blessed motherhood and looked at John and said, Behold your mother. I want to honor today this biblical call to motherhood, uh, which is the central core of our Christian discipleship. I want to honor our our marriages, and honor motherhood. You know, um, I was doing some research in preparation for the message, and I, I like to look online and see what other folks are doing and what Mother's Day things other churches have and traditions and such. And I ran across a lot of articles that actually discouraged pastors from honoring mothers on Mother's Day in their church uh, because there are those who, have, uh, who are unable to have children or those who are single and we don't want to uh, offend those folks is basically what the articles were saying. And, and, I, and I recognize that today there may be some here in that situation even today. And uh, just like I would not not preach on sin because there's a sinner in the room, I would not not honor mothers because there might be some in the room who, are ex who have experienced difficulties or challenges in their life in that area. What I would say to you is this, is that much like there is grace for sin, God has grace for those who have endured hardship in motherhood. There is a grace. There are, there are millions of women who are single today, and for many of those, they may remain single. And even for some, that might be their calling to be single. But there is a grace for that from God for that, that part of their life. There are those who have endured hardship in the areas of motherhood, maybe some even here this morning where you've, you've lost children and faced difficult times as a, as a parent. And I would say to you, today there is grace for that area of your life. Just like Jesus saves, he also heals our emotions and our bodies. And I believe that God can do that work in your life as well. Amen. You all believe that this morning. Amen. I'd like to thank God this morning for our mothers. Can we thank God for the mothers who have stood for righteousness in their homes, who have honored their husbands, who have loved their children, who have taught and stood by biblical principles, who have labored in their homes to keep order, who have given up their own portion at times so their children and their husband could be taken care of first, who have sleepless nights caring for the children or even their husband. <laughs> I'm sure nobody in here is familiar with that. <laughs> Many who manage their home with grace and still and somehow with finesse weave in the ability to maintain an outside job and still have the ability to care for their family. In addition, you have those women who are not only weaving in their own schedule to the mix and trying to honor their husband and take care of their children, but they're also weaving in the schedules of their children and finding a way to manage all of it with grace. Can we this morning thank God for our mothers 
who still at the end of the day, at the end of all the chaos and all of the struggles and strife of life, can still sit down on the couch at the end of the day with a smile and say, I love you. Can we just honor our moms and thank God again for our moms this morning? My goal in this morning is I, as I preach this morning, I, I don't necessarily want to address your specific circumstance. And as a matter of fact, I probably cannot take the time to address all of the circumstances of motherhood and parenting that everyone faces. But my goal is rather to honor the biblical call this morning to motherhood. There are many who have answered that calling to become a biblical godly mother. And this morning, that's what I want to focus in on. If you're a mother here this morning or soon to be mother, I wanna encourage you in the Lord this morning. If you're a child, how many children do we have here this morning? Okay, about 95% of you are on board. The others of you probably need to recognize that you're a child. Okay, how many children do we have this morning? That includes you. Okay, great. There we go. Better, better results that time. Um, if you're a child, I want to encourage you this morning to begin to again refocus your proper view of your mom. You know, sometimes things happen in life where, you know, we get hurt, we get offended. Maybe you're here this morning and you've just had a, had a struggle in your family, an ongoing struggle. I want to encourage you to begin not to look at the shortcomings of your mother, but begin to glorify God and that call to motherhood. You know, you can't change your mother. Just like you can't change your child or your husband. You're, you know, good luck. <laughs> How many, and all the moms said, amen. <laughs> you can't change your, your child or your husband. What, what you can do is begin to honor them as God honors them. Begin to love them as God loves them. And maybe this morning you're facing a challenging situation in your own family. I would encourage you to honor and to love your mother, your family as God does. And as you do that, I believe that God will begin to be glorified in that situation and you'll begin to see change and transformation take place. When I think about godly women, I think first off of my own mom. You know, she was with us this week. They had to leave this morning so that they could be back home. Uh, she works tomorrow. And uh, you know, I think about my own mom. She raised me in church. You know, she was involved in children's ministry. She any anytime the doors were open, we were at the church. She served as our mission secretary. She was uh, she always you know, this, this was my favorite thing. I guess this is where Zoe gets it from. Anytime we would go to church, I always had to have my coloring books and my Cheerios. And, uh, you know, my mom would always stick me under the pew. We'd have the, we had those hard, hardwood pews in the church. It was an old Pentecostal church. And she would stick me, and I would watch from underneath the pew the, the ladies in the church dancing and worshiping the Lord and, and seeing the presence of God fall in our church. Uh, growing up, we had a, our pastor was out of the healing movement, and so he, he was a fiery Pentecostal preacher. I mean, he was, he was a small guy in stature, but I, there were times I thought he was going to jump up on the pulpit, literally on top of the pulpit while he was preaching. And I remember those things as a little kid. He would call me down when he was preaching. He would call me to the front as a child. He would call me down to the front and sit me up. We had a huge wooden podium, and he would sit me up on top of the podium while he was preaching, on top of the pulpit while he was preaching. And I still say today that I, I 
got a lot of, uh, of the anointing and the ministry that I received was from osmosis, just being put up there on top of that, that pulpit while he was preaching. It was incredible, you know, heritage, spiritual heritage. And uh, his wife was a great, another person that I would look to as a great godly mother. She was the mother of our church in, in every literal sense. And I would go home to visit, and every time I would go home to visit, she would always grab my arm. She was 92 years old when she passed away. She just died this past year, and she, even up to this past year, I would go home, and she would grab my arm, and Zach, we need revival in America again. Is God moving in Akron? She, you know, she always, once we moved here, she, God moving. Is revival happening in Akron? We need Pentecost again in our churches. It was precious, and so I look to people like that. We can go through Scripture. We think of people like Sarah, like my wife mentioned this morning. There's Sarah and, and Hannah, who was the mother of Samuel. We can think about Mary, the mother of Jesus, or Rachel, who was the mother of Joseph. All of these folks. But this morning, I want to take a look at here in 2 Timothy 2, who I would consider to be obscure mothers in the Bible. We don't know a whole lot about them. The, the writers of the Bible don't give as much indication. Luke, Luke mentions them and Paul mentions them. And so I want to take a look at this here in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and starting in verse 10 it says, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, love and perseverance, persecutions, afflictions which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured and out of them all the Lord, the Lord has delivered me. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12, it says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. We don't like hearing those kind of words in church. We, you know, Paul, you probably shouldn't have wrote that. But yes, we will all suffer persecution. Verse 13, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Lord, I thank you for your word. Father, I just pray that this morning you would give us ears to hear what you're saying. Lord, help us to honor again our, our mothers. Lord, we glorify you and we thank you for the call to motherhood and those that, that are mothers. Lord, we pray that today somehow we might be a blessing to them and encourage them through the word of God. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we get started, I just want to recognize, first off, who Timothy was. Timothy was a disciple of Paul. Paul had met him in Lystra. We know that Paul, uh, Timothy was from Lystra, which meant that Timothy was a Galatian, and Paul met him on one of his missionary journeys there, and uh, Paul noticed uh, the call of God on Timothy's life and asked Timothy to travel with him. And so Timothy became the traveling companion or missionary associate, if you will, of Paul's. And we know by reading in Scripture that, that Timothy's father was Greek. He, his mom was a Jew. His dad was a Greek. And the Bible doesn't say much of anything about his father's faith. Matter of fact, it says nothing at all that his father had faith. It just recognizes that he was a Greek man. But we, we recognize, though, 
know here that uh, Timothy's mother and his grandmother had a great influence on his life. I'd like to zero in, if we can, on verses 14 and 15. It says this, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And verse 15 says, And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. From whom did Timothy learn the word? Whom did Timothy receive this instruction and these scriptures? Well, if you take a look at uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, in verse 4 and 5, it says this, Greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. Paul was telling Timothy, I learn, I desire, I yearn to recall that faith that was in you that came first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Who taught Timothy the word of God? Who put the word and the doctrine and the scripture in Timothy's heart? It wasn't his father. It wasn't recognized here as his father. It was his grandmother and his mother. I would say to you today, mothers, grandmothers, don't stop teaching the word of God to your children and your grandchildren. Keep standing on the word and the promises of God for your family. We need, if ever there was a day in which we need godly mothers, godly grandmothers who will once again grab hold of the altar and pray and press through in prayer until there's breakthrough, it is our day in which we live. We need, we need mothers and grandmothers who will, who will grab hold, you know, that whole saying, the horns of the altar. we got to grab hold of the horns on the altar. We don't have horns or altars, but we have a front, we have an altar. You can come and pray and grab hold of Christ until you see breakthrough and, there, and you press through and see the victory of God in your family's life. Then we see in Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 16 and verse 1, it says this about Lois and Eunice. Then he came to Derbe. This is talking about, Luke is talking about Paul here. Uh, Paul came to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy. And the son, this is where, this is where Paul meets Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of. Talking about Timothy. Timothy was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to have him go with him. And he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region. For they all knew that his father was Greek. Wow, what a, what a call to ministry. Hey, Timothy, you want to travel with me? Uh, let's go. You got about five minutes. We need to circumcise you and get you ready for ministry. That sounds, that sounds like a real good commission, Paul. We'll, we'll, we'll start implementing that at Celebration next week if you feel called to ministry. <laughs> that, you know, and so, again, we see here the, the impact that Lois and Eunice had on Timothy's life. He learned the word, and the, and the scripture was placed in Timothy's heart and his life by the influence of his mother and his grandmother. The Bible also says that Timothy had a good reputation, Acts 16, that Timothy had a good reputation among the people of Lystra. In other words, Timothy was a young man full of the word of God and who lived the scripture out in his daily life. Mom, grandma, the scripture and the teaching that you are placing in your kids' lives will impact not only them, but those they come in contact with. 
You don't know the countless numbers of people that your child will influence. And I want to encourage you, you may, you may have the, the one word, that one word of encouragement that causes them to step in and fulfill the call and the purposes of God in their life. Encourage them with the word of God. Plant the word of God deep within their heart. And then secondly, Timothy was told to remember the scripture. Paul said, remember these things. Continue in these things, verse 14, which you have learned and been assured of. Continue in these things, Timothy. Why? Don't give up, Timothy. Don't give up on your faith. Don't allow the circumstances of this life to sway you from your faith. Stay rock solid in what you have believed, the word that's been implanted into you by your grandma and your mother. Don't give up on the scriptures. Remember those scriptures. Meditate on those scriptures. I can remember back when I was a child. I can, I can still think back to the day that I was born again as a little kid. I remember, and at that time we used flannel graphs. How many of you remember flannel graphs? Anybody remember the, uh, the, the glow-in-the-dark flannel graphs? You know, you turn on the black light and, wow, something would appear that wasn't there, you know. And so that was, it was the story of Jonah and the well. I'll never forget. And our, and our children's church teacher was there teaching on Jonah and the well. And here's Jonah, and he gets swallowed up by the big fish. And then all of a sudden, she turns on the black light, and Jonah's in the belly of the well. And oh, my goodness, I don't, I, and, and the revelation was so simple. But as a kid, I realized I don't want to be like Jonah in the, in the belly of a big fish. I want to follow God. I don't want to run from Jesus. I want to follow him all the days of my And so I remember as a child the importance of those scriptures. I would encourage you to comfort. Isaiah 66, 13 says, as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. Comfort your children with the word of God. Speak the life of God over them. You know, there's a lot of people that will tear down your children. You know, if you turn on the TV, you can, you can uh, see all of the great and the wonderful things that are out there that are tearing down this generation. I would encourage you to speak the word of God over them. Speak life over them and see the fruit of that harvest. Maybe you're here this morning and you have children that are away from God. I would encourage you that the seed that you've sown will bring and produce harvest. God's word will never return void. He says that whatever he sends his word out to accomplish, that will it do. Trust him. Trust God. Trust God for your kids. Keep speaking life. Keep speaking the word of God. And children... Don't forget the scriptures. Don't, don't forget your faith. Hold on to the things that God has planted within your heart from your mother and your grandmother. And then also these critical words here. He says, knowing from whom you've learned them. Continue in them. Remember them. But also know from whom you have learned them. Why should we remember? Why should we remember these things? Why should we continue in these things? One, remembering honors your mother. When you begin to honor, honor your mother by remembering the scriptures, you're honoring the legacy of your mother. You're honoring her and saying, what you've taught me and the word that you've planted in my life, uh, I honor that and I honor the God that, that you have uh, taught me in my life. Remembering the scriptures builds your faith. Have you ever been in a situation or a circumstance, a difficulty in your life, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit brings the word to your remembrance, that one scripture, it brings comfort and encouragement for, for the rest of that season in your life. I would encourage you, moms, that word that you're planning in their heart is so important. You'll never know when the Holy Spirit will use that simple scripture 
to remind them of where they've come from. And then thirdly, remembering the scripture reminds you of who taught you. I ran across, um, I, I want to encourage moms to do this. I ran across a, a letter that my mom had written me in 2003. And uh, this has been stored away for a while, and I, and I actually had forgotten about it. And then this weekend as I was preparing, I thought, you know, I wonder if that's still in that box. And so I went and I found it. Um, she wrote this back in 2003. Moms, I would encourage you to do the same. Uh, and I'll, I'll share this with you because, you know, I'll just open up and share part of my life with you this morning. But this was, this was something that my mom uh, had wrote to me as her spiritual heritage, as her spiritual legacy. And moms and grandmas, I would encourage you to do the same thing. Go home, whether it's today or this week, and write out your spiritual story. Write out your legacy for your child or your grandchild and pass that on to them in writing. Don't just tell them about it. Write it down. Make it plain and give it to them so that they can look back on it in years to come. And So I'll just read some of this to you if you don't mind. It says, Salvation, uh, I was saved when I was 20 years old. I had been attending Cottage Hills Assembly. Was in a, actually, the church is no longer there with my cousin Anita. The people at the church had something I did not have, but I wanted one day sitting on the basement steps in my parents' home in Alton, which has been torn down, I gave my heart to the Lord, and I have never regretted it. Shortly thereafter, I was attending a CA. Anybody remember CA rallies? Did they have CA rallies around here, Christ Ambassador rallies? Uh, yeah, so, so that, that might date some of you. <laughs> CA rallies at Bethalto Assembly when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. God moved in my life that night in a powerful way. The altars were filled with young people crying out to God for salvation and the baptism. I remember that I cried and spoke in tongues for so long that I had lost my voice. What an awesome experience. It was at Cottage Hills Assembly that I met and married your father. I had eyed this handsome young man for some time, and he finally asked me out on a date. And our first date was a Wednesday night at church. That sounds familiar. <laughs> Thus started a whirlwind romance that, I, that lasted six weeks, which I do not recommend for you, in parentheses. <laughs> Till our wedding day. Brother Bergen married us at Cottage Hills Assembly three and a half years later. I became pregnant with my beautiful son, and I prayed the whole time I was pregnant, God, give me a healthy baby that will be used by you. You were born six weeks early. And I can remember praying, and of course, at that time, pretty much six weeks was a big deal. Um, six weeks early, and I can remember praying as I was about to have emergency surgery, God, please don't let anything happen to my baby. Um, just side note there, my mom, uh, actually both of us almost died. God was faithful, and you were born healthy. I continued to pray for you as you grew. Lord, use him. Keep him from sin and rebellion. We dedicated you to the Lord when you were about three months old. We took you to church, and you were involved in Royal Rangers. <laughs> Royal Rangers Sunday School. Uh, Bible quiz. See? Told you. Bible quiz, and eventually the youth group. You have always been an inspiration to me. Uh, through some trials and tribulations, God would use you, a child, to encourage me and to keep me going when I wanted to give up. You never wanted to miss church, so when I did not feel like going, I would go so you would not have to miss. In my trials, I prayed, God, don't let something... God, don't let something I have done... 
I was doing pretty good too. God, don't let something I have done keep my son from serving you. Keep him from discouragement and keep your hand upon him. God is faithful and he heard and answered my prayers. I was willing to do whatever it took to keep my son in church. God has worked so many miracles in our family through the years. It's not always been easy or pleasant, but God was faithful. He has blessed our marriage, our health, our finances, and our son. I look at you, the fine Christian man that you are, and I think to myself, God, I started praying for my son before he was ever born. <laughs> I said I might read some of it. <laughs> and have not, uh, have not stopped since. I will continue to pray for you until the Lord takes me home. So, son, my prayer for you is that you would encourage, that you would always love, that you would always love God, serve him, keep him first in your life. Don't ever quit, even through the hard times, and because God is always faithful to bring you through. I love you very much and will always be here when you need me, still praying, still loving you until the Lord calls me home. I am proud proud to, to call you my son, your mother. So... I would encourage you, I would encourage you moms to establish that legacy for your children, to preach the word, to stay steadfast on the word of God, to be, to be a mother and a grandmother of prayer. Don't back down. Don't stop. You know, our generation, <sighs> I'm going to get through this, <laughs> our generation is attacking godly marriage and the very foundations of our faith. We need moms and grandmas who will take a stand. We need dads too, but today's Mother's Day. Dad, your day's coming next month. (laughs) We need moms who will stand up and be people of prayer and people of the word. Paul teaches us there is a great honor and a blessing on motherhood. Your calling to motherhood can become long remembered and a foundation for faith, not just for your child, but the countless others that your child will affect. And there are great effects of your faith to the many others who watch your example. I want to close with this thought. Grace and y'all can come back. Lois and Eunice were obscure ladies in the Bible. But as a result of their life and as a result of their testimony, they were well known in Lystra. They were well known because of Timothy's life, the example that he set, and the example that they lived in their day-to-day lives. I want to challenge you. You may not be the person on the stage. You may not be the director of a ministry or well-visible position in the church or community. The last thing we need is a mom or a grandma who's thirsty for position. We need someone who finds their position on their knees with God in prayer. I thank God for my mom, my grandma, my great-grandmother, 
was the spiritual heritage of our family. She died when she was 92 years old, and she was an old-time Pentecostal lady. She had her hair, never cut her hair. It was, she always wore it up in a bun, you know, one of those Pentecostal buns. It was, you know, it, it was as long, her hair was as long as she was. It touched the floor. I've only seen it one time ever, not in a bun, and it was as long as she, she was, stood about this tall. Her mom was an Indian, Choctaw Indian, about this tall. And uh, she would pray, and I, I asked her, before she died, I said, Grandma, I went and visited her, and I said, Grandma, what's one word of advice you can give me as a young man, as a pastor? You've seen, you know, you've been through so much. You've seen, you know, you've seen the Great Depression. You've seen the revivals and the awakenings, all these things. You've been in the middle of it all. What, can, what is the one thing you can tell me? And she said, Everybody in this generation is trying to see how close they can get to the edge before they fall off into sin. She said, everybody's trying to see how close they can get. She said, run the other way. Don't see how close you can get. Run to Jesus as hard as you can and don't stop. Don't run to sin. Don't see how close you can get. Don't, don't see how much compromise you can live in before, you, before it's too late. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. And you know what? I still cherish those words. It was very simple. And I thought, at the time, I thought, wow, Grandma, that's all you got? <laughs> and now I look back and I say, wow, that's really all you need. That's about as simple as it gets. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.